This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. It's the big one, people. This is the one they write home about, UFC 229, this Saturday, October 6th. Woo! Excited. How could you not be? The card... Could it be better? Yes. But there's some really intriguing fights. I think there's probably maybe four fights on here that are going to be really, really, really good. The main card's pretty good besides maybe one fight. I don't know. I'm not going to disparage anybody. However, you know you know the deal. You've been listening to the Take Podcast. I'm the best handicapper. Just heard some guy, MMA Lock of the Night on John Anik and Kenny Fleming's podcast. Been trying to get on there forever. Was supposed to be on there. Blah, 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 blah. He, oh, you know, I'm not going to spurge him. I'm not going to bash any of the other handicappers. He did a fine job. But I'm going to do an even better job because he only picked a handful of cards. I'm going to pick the entire card. You heard that, right? So let's, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Ryan LaFlair is a small favorite here at minus 140 against Tony Martin, who is a plus 110 underdog. Ryan LaFlair is 14-2, and two, and Tony Martin is 13-4. and four. Really saw a little fight to, to kick off the night here. I know LaFlair was really highly touted many years ago. Um, he's dropped some ugly losses. He's been knocked out unconscious. I believe he his last fight was against Alex Garcia, where he won. Before that, Alex Oliveira knocked him out. Um, solid guy, solid grappler, very, very talented. Tony Martin... A guy who is also kind of a, a on the grappling end. Olivia Mercier had a split decision win with him. He uh, has been up and down in the UFC. His first two fights were losses. Got submitted. All that stuff like that. You know, grappler, you know, lives by the fort sword, but dies by the sword. I have to go with Ryan LaFlair here. He's a small favorite, but... I think uh, I think he's the more talented guy. I think uh, trains with a better camp and has fought the better competition. Tony Martin, I think, has more UFC fights, but I just think Ryan uh, LaFleur has all around uh, a better game for this matchup. So Ryan LaFleur is going to kick off the card. Next up, we got Nick Lentz, who is a minus two thirty favorites against Gray Mater, who is a plus one eighty underdog great manner you know god you know he's he's one of the classic guys it's been around for a while i believe he went to 45 now he's back up to uh 55 kind of fell off the map fights like once or twice a year if that he's only 14 7 and 1 he's only had 22 fights which is shocking you know guy could have been a former world champion should have been a former champion whoever depending who you ask you know don't ask frankie edgar but um, I like Gray Manor a lot. I think I think Gray Manor has has a, a lot of uh, a lot of skills. I just I'm not exactly sure what happened to him. I don't know if he lost love for the sport. I know his chin kind of gave up on him just a little bit in there for a while, but he's gone back to wrestling. Nick Lentz, I'm surprised is a two to one favorite in this fight. Nick Lentz, I don't think is already that big of a threat to Gray Manor. I think Gray Manor is going to come out. I think Gray Manor is looking to strike in this fight. I like the under. In Gray Manor, is he my under of the night? Is he my under lock of the night? You have to stay at the end to find that out. But I do like uh, Gray Manor in this fight. He's the underdog. I'm not. Uh, I'm not impressed with Nick Lentz. I just. I just never has been. 
Next up, we got Lena Landsberg, who's a plus 165 underdog against Yana Kosasaka, who is a minus 190. I mispronounced her name. Uh, I, I pronounced it as a Japanese woman, and she is very much, very much Russian. And let me let me check the records here. So we got Lena Landsberg ranked number 12. She is 8-3. and three. She's the elbow queen fighting out of Sweden against Yana Kosasaka. Very easy on the eyes. She's Russian. She's ten and four. Ten and four. One no contest. Uh, Yana is the favorite in this fight. I, I see Yana winning this fight. Um, I think she's more talented. Lena's been around for a while. Yana just is is new to the game. Yana, I believe, if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, she was the one that fought Chris Cyborg and got smoked. Yeah, she fought Chris Cyborg, and knocked out the first round. Lena Landsberg coming off a a win over Gina Manzani, which is a pretty big win from that. Got knocked out by Aston Lan and uh, Chris Eiberg knocked her out as well. Um, so they have a common opponent there. I thought I think Jan is good. I think uh, she's a, a little underrated. I think she was very talented in Victor. I just don't think anybody's fucking with Cyborg. I just don't think it's happening. So give me Yana. Give me Yana. Give me Yana. Next up, we got Scott Holtzman. Holtzman. He's eleven and two, fighting Alec Patrick, who is fifteen and one, coming out of Brazil. The line on this fight, I believe, is yeah, okay. So uh, Scott Holzman is a plus two hundred underdog, and Alan Patrick is a pl- minus two eighty favorite. Um, gonna go ahead and be honest, with you. don't don't know much about Scott Holzman, so let's look at his record. Let's see what let's see what you're doing here, Scott Holzman. Okay, so Josh Emmett beat him by decision, and he has two wins. I mean, his losses aren't that bad. I mean, Alec P- Patrick is. A, I know a lot of people are. You got to say it like that because he's from Brazil. You can't just say Patrick. They'll they'll fucking slice your throat. But uh, this guy is a jiu-jitsu guy. I've seen him fight several times. He has lost to Myrabak uh, Tusumov uh, by KO in the UFC. Is his only loss. Um, doesn't fight very actively. He's had one fight in the UFC so far, and it's by decision. Oh, man. I wish I knew more about either of these guys. I'm going to go with Patrick because Holtzman fights out of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and nothing against Knoxville and nothing against Tennessee, but everything against them because um, that's not a big enough camp. I think Patrick 15-1 for a reason, good grappler. It looks like Holtzman has struggled with grapplers in the past. If Holtzman is a grappler, which I think he he tends to lean on because he's not a finisher, then I think Patrick's going to win that. This line's a little all over the place. You can still – you can find Holtzman – as low as plus 195, and you can find Patrick as high as 280. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would probably stay away from this fight betting because it's a little unknown to me, and it should be a little unknown to you. Next up, we got Aspen Ladd, who's 8-0. She's ranked number 9 against Tanya Evinger. Triple threat, who's 19-6. Tanya Evinger, legend of the game. I'm looking at this picture right now. Not the most flattering picture of her. But she doesn't give an F. I remember when she fought in Evicta or fought on one of the outside promotions of the UFC, she tried to make out with the um, the girl who was interviewing, a very beautiful girl. Tanya Engevert likes the ladies. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And then uh, Tanya, the only thing I remember Tanya is are getting smoked by Chris Cyborg, but she's been around forever. Aspen Ladd, however, is I, I don't even have to read the line. You should take Aspen Ladd. I know it's going to be crazy. Let's see what it is. Not as crazy as I thought, which I think is crazy. Aspen Ladd is a minus 165 favorite. Tanya is a plus 135 underdog. Bet the house on Aspen Ladd. I don't know if that's going to be my lock of the night. Um, I'm going to have an underdog lock of the night, and then I'm just going to have a lock of the night. 
Aspen Lad. I'm very high on Aspen Lad. I like saying her name because I've said it about a hundred fucking times right now. Tanya, classic legend of the sport, legend of women women's MMA. I just like um, I like Lad a little bit better. Next up, we got Vincent Luque versus Vincent Luque, who's on a roll, who has burned me several times. When I bet against him, Vincent Luque, who is 13-6-1, his record is very deceiving. He is fighting Jalen Turner, who is coming off Daniels White's Contender Series, uh, a TKO win. Um, the only line I see right now is Vincent Luque is a minus 800 favorite, and Jalen Turner is a plus 500, which, again, is insane. As much as I like Luque, that line is just too heavy. I'm not going to bet that. I'll stay away from that. I'm going to stay away from that. Jalen Turner, 6-3. and three. Um, as a striker, Luke is a striker. I don't know much about Turner. I don't remember him on the contender series. Um, that's on me. That one's on me guys. But, um, yeah, so I think, uh, that's weird that they don't have the, uh, O'Malley fight on here. Huh? Did the O'Malley fight get canceled and I didn't know about it? Where am I at right now? Let's see for a second there. Oh, damn. Did it really? Huh? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a quick pause because I am ill prepared. Okay, my apologies. I am back. Um, I am embarrassed. Apparently, a day ago, Sean O'Malley was busted for estrogen, some kind of um, testosterone type deal that deals it with, uh, with these pills these guys take, these protein medicines, whatever like that. Um, I follow him on social media, and I just, I just flew under my radar. Uh, uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed. So that's that's one last fight I have to pick. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's go because I, I knew I was missing a fight here. I had it written down. Let's go. Next up, we got Sergio Pettis, who's ranked number two against Yoshio Formiga, ranked number five. Um, I believe Formiga is an underdog. Let me look at the line here. Yeah, Joseph Formiga is a plus 120 underdog. Uh, Sergio Pettis is a minus 150 favorite. That line is going to move. There's going to be some late money on Formiga. Formiga has been around forever. He's 21 and 5. He is a very good grappler. He's tougher than I give him credit for. I've, I've again, I've lost money on Formiga. Um, I, I, I thought he might have squeaked one out against Joe B back in the day. He could not. Listen, this is just this is just uh, this is Formiga's time. I mean, it just is. I mean, Sergio has plenty of time. He's a young kid, up on the rise. He is looking very, very talented. He's looking uh, really good with his takedown defense. Has been a problem. However, I think Formiga's pressure. I think uh, I think Sergio Pettis is going to crack the pressure. I like the underdog. I like Formiga in the fight. I like Formiga in the fight. That's what it is. All right. Next up. Now we're in the main card. We're already in the main card. This is a small card. I mean, when you got Connor, you don't need much. You got Michelle Waterson, who is the karate hottie, is 15 and 6 versus, she's ranked number 8 versus number 9, Felice Herring, who is 14 and 7. I've been going back and forth on this fight. Um, Felice Herring is a favorite. She is a slight favorite, I believe. Yeah, so Michelle Watterson's plus 100, Felice Herring's minus 130. Some other sites have them pretty even. Um, it, it's going to move a little bit. I, I see money going on Watterson. A lot of people like that underpick. Um, I'm not crazy about it because I think Michelle is very good in space. I think Felice is a good striker, but I also think she's really strong, has great cardio, and will take Michelle down. Michelle has decent ground. She has struggled with girls in the past, but she, she looked really good against Courtney Casey, even though a lot of people think she might have lost that fight. I think if Felice has forward pressure, uh, Michelle could crack and you know be against the cage. And sometimes I don't think Michelle shows up. She seems a little confident, more confident that coming in the fight week this week. 
Felice is a veteran of the game. I'm going to go with Felice. I'm not confident on that pick, but I'm going to go with Felice because I do think that she's just going to outgrapple her. I will bet the house on a decision, though. There's, there's going to be no finish in this. Next up, we got number two ranked Derek Lewis. God, number two ranked versus number five, Alexander Volkov. Derek Lewis is 20 and five. And Alexander Volkov is 29-6. Alexander Volkov came over from Bellator, his former Bellator heavyweight champion. I honestly did not think he was going to be what he is. He's coming off a knockout win over Fabrice Overdoom. He's got incredible reach, incredible height. He's got good skills. He uses his reach well, but he gets hit a lot, right? His chin's okay for heavyweight. I mean, he, he, you know, he when you got that long neck and you're that tall, I mean, knockouts happen. I don't know many really tall fighters that have had really great chins, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um... Volkov is the slight favorite. Let me give you the line on this fight here. Volkov is a minus 165, and Derek Lewis is a plus 150. A lot of late money is going to come on Lewis again. I think uh, I think he's the under because of his last performance where he just he you know he just couldn't pull the gun and uh, pull the trigger on the gun. And I think that's has been his problem in his in his career is you know with the Shamil fight where he came back and won a fourth round knockout is he was having trouble pulling the trigger every time he's in kind of a lackluster performance his back act acts up you know this is a fairly quick turnaround from the Naganyu fight he's fighting before Naganyu is I don't know I mean listen Derek Lewis is a very talented guy he hits incredibly hard I just think Volkov is gonna be too much for him I like Volkov to piece him up from distance if this goes to the ground Volkov can TKO him or submit him um I don't know if Volkov is gonna be really pushing for the takedown I think Lewis might take if anybody takes anybody down it's gonna be Lewis I wish there was a side bet who who gets the first takedown I bet you Derek Lewis goes for it next up these final three fights I think are freaking fire I think these are gonna be incredible Next up, we got number ranked seventh ranked Ovin St. Pru. He's twenty two and eleven against number twelve ranked Dominic Reyes. He's nine and zero. Reyes is the hot guy in the block. He's the one everyone's talking about at uh, light heavyweight. They need stars. He's ranked twelfth. He won the top ten opponent. All his wins, but besides one, are, are, are out of the first round knockout. Ovens is a really good bar. Ovens is has a lot of talent. I think his chin hasn't really showed up uh, a lot in some of his fights. However, I do think he's really, really good. A lot of people love this under on Ovens. It's a huge line. Let me give the exact line. It is wow. It dropped tremendously. Plus one set. Ovens St. proof was a. Three to one underdog at one point. He's currently an underdog at plus one seven five. Dominic Reyes is minus two twenty five. Listen, I like Reyes a lot. I think Reyes has more skills than we're showing. I think a lot of people are like, "Well, he's not proven yet." Ovin says, "You know, triple the fights he has. He's been in the UFC longer." I think Dominic has a lot to prove. The only, I think he has all the skills in the world. I think he can smit you. I think he can take you down. I think he can knock you out. He's proven that. However. His cardio hasn't been questioned. I think that's one of the most important things in MMA that people overlook constantly is cardio. He's a big kid. He hasn't had to use his cardio. Is he even training cardio? Or is he going, hmm, I'd rather hit mitts and learn this sweet combination instead of go running outside or go running on the treadmill or doing whatever it is to do cardio. That is a problem. However, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to go with Dominic Reyes. I know he's a big favorite. I probably wouldn't bet this fight. I can see the value in Ovin St. Proof. I don't know if I love that under, but because um, Ovin's it's been chinny and you got a, a knockout power like uh, like uh, Ovin or excuse me Dominic Reyes. Co-main event time a fight that I when I was first announced I said blah who cares. Now that it's leading up to it, 
you, you remember how good Anthony Pettis is. So you got Anthony Pettis ranked number eight in the world. He's 21 and seven versus number two ranked Tony Ferguson, 25 and three Ferguson, former interim title. They stripped him the title. He's already coming in the fight week. He's coming off a ACL tear after six or seven months, which is unheard of. Maybe one of the fastest to ever come back to actual fights. Um, he's been posting crazy, crazy training videos online. From the beginning of the week, I've smelled a rat. I've smelled an upset here. I've smelled because the line's big. It still is. It's Tony Ferguson's a minus three fifty favorite. Anthony Pettis is a plus two sixty five. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna put money on Anthony Pettis. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet Anthony Pettis. I think it's a smart move to bet Pettis. Pettis has all the skills in the world. He just needs to put it together. That's his problem. He just doesn't seem to put it together at the right times. He's kind of in a different mind frame where he was so worried about people taking him down. Now he's like, you know what? That's not my game. My game is striking. Tony Ferguson gets hit a lot. He's been able to take it. He's been dropped a lot. He fought a guy, Lando Venata, who is um, on short notice, and Lando dropped him, almost put him out with a head kick. Lando's got some awkward striking, not really comparable to Anthony, but a little bit. He's got some wild kicks. Tony's just a bull, man. Tony's going to come forward. He's going to take you down. He's going to pressure you. He's going to punch you. He's going to hit you. I, I smell an upset here. I smell a rat. I smell a, a showtime kick. I smell something catching Tony. Tony's got all the hype. Tony's posting these videos. He's kind of preaching a little bit. He thinks he's the best in the world, which is a completely good mindset to have. But it's that Joanna feeling when she fought Rose for the first time. I'm, I'm feeling something here. However, I've listened to several MMA handicappers on podcast, on Twitter, Everyone's feeling the same rat that I'm feeling. Everyone's feeling Anthony Pettis. That's why I'm going Tony Ferguson as my pick. I will I will throw Tony in a parlay. Good chance I will. But I'm not going to bet him straight because that line you, you're not getting value for your money because Anthony Pettis is dangerous. But I will bet Anthony Pettis straight. I mean, I know that's contradictive. I'm betting against myself or whatever. But Anthony's plus 265. Tony Ferguson's hittable. Anthony can hit you. I like Tony Ferguson, though, in the official picks. Now, here we go. This is it. <sighs> Man event time, right? It feels like just a big deal, right? It's a, it's two of the best fighters in the world, two of the best at what they do, and they're complete opposites. That's just so intriguing. Let me give you the line. I already know what I got it on. Conor McGregor is currently at a plus 130. Habib Nagamadoff is a pl- uh, minus 160. I have already placed a bet on Conor McGregor at... 155. He was at plus 155. This line's gonna move crazy, right? When the I when the Iris get to uh Vegas, when the drunk people get to Vegas, everyone knows who Conor McGregor is. They see that he's an underdog in a sports book, put money on him. This line will move. I wouldn't be surprised if Conor becomes a favorite by fight night. I highly doubt it. After the press conference tomorrow, after the weigh-ins, this line's gonna move. I I, I can see him pushing even with could be being a slight favorite. Khabib, obviously, 26-0, coming off a huge win over Ally Quinta, winning the title. Didn't look great. Conor McGregor hasn't fought in a while. His last MMA fight was against Nate Diaz. Or, excuse me, was it Nate Diaz? Man. I believe... No, Eddie Alvarez. Okay, so he beat Nate Diaz, and he went back and fought Eddie Alvarez. That is right. My apologies. So his last fight was Eddie Alvarez over a year ago, over almost two years ago in the Octagon. He fought Floyd Mayweather last August. We all know, the, you know what happened there. So style, let's break it down stylistically. Let's see what time we're at. I don't want to waste all your time. Okay, we're at 20 minutes. So I'm going to spend at least you know a couple on this. 
Stylistically, they match up horribly together, right? Khabib's biggest problem is his striking. He squares off. He's hittable. Michael Johnson cracked him with the left hand. Michael Johnson has extraordinary fast hands. So don't let that like, oh, Michael Johnson cracked him. Uh, you know what? You know, Connor's going to knock him out. Michael Johnson's hands are faster than Connor's. Connor has beautiful timing. Connor, Connor likes to counter. He hits a lot harder than Michael Johnson. Khabib is a, is a pressure fighter. There's not many times I've seen Khabib go backwards, except Al Quinta. I think he was trying to make a point with Al. He was, he was kind of teasing with him. A lot of those punches Al was laying on with wasn't hurting uh, Khabib. Khabib might have just been showing off a stand-up. However, he showed definitely showed off a weakness that could be exploited because he squares up a lot. He is kind of robotic. He, you know, he, he, you know, he, one, two, three, you know, whatever their combination order is, he throws pads. That's how he throws in the cage. There's not really unpredictability with Khabib. He's really good at one thing. He's really good at taking you down and being heavy on top and pounding you. Conor McGregor's biggest weakness, if, if you can call that, that is that he can get taken down. He doesn't have the best takedown defense. He's not cementing people up his back. He, however, has brought in an amazing wrestling coach that people are raving about. Dylan Danis, one of the best jiu-jitsu practice uh, players in the world, is basically his main training partner in jiu-jitsu. I don't, and, and the one thing about Khabib is, is he overwhelms people on the ground, but he he's only has that one where he's actually stopped someone on the ground, right? He took down Rafael Dos Anjos, pounded him up, won a decision. He took down Edson Barboza and butchered Edson Barboza, won a decision. He finished Michael Johnson by doing the same thing and just broke Michael Johnson's will. You're not going to break Conor McGregor's will. You're just not, right? He doesn't have this crazy knockout power on the ground. He hits hard. He puts a lot of punches together. He's a pressure fighter. He's position over finish. He's going to get on top. He's going to get the back. He's going to do things. I don't know if he really is going to submit Connor. Connor, the only time Connor's going to want a way out is late in the fight when he's tired. Connor does get tired. We haven't really seen Khabib get tired yet. Khabib has stayed in great shape. He's had some weight issues. He's had to pull out of fights. This fight, as of right now, is going to happen. Please do not let this fight pull out because I'll be devastated. Connor fights no matter what. Weight issues, out the window. Injuries, out the window. Fight with no ACL, out the window. Connor's a true gamer. Connor's a true warrior. So it comes down to who's going to implement their game plan. I don't think I've ever seen anybody back Connor McGregor up except Nate Diaz when Connor got tired in the first fight and in the second fight. Nate Diaz marched a little forward. Connor was tired. The first 12 minutes, I think, of this fight are going to be the most important. Connor's going to come forward. Connor's got some power. Connor's got some great timing. Khabib's going to come forward. I see Khabib shooting within the first five seconds. It all really depends on how Connor handles himself on the ground. It also depends on if Connor can get back up. That's going to be the problem. Connor's going to get taken down. I think everyone in his camp should tell him, You're going to get taken down. Let's get back up. Can Khabib take a shot? We, we've seen him get cracked by Johnson where he got wobbled a little bit. Ally Quinta, I believe, rattled his cage just a little bit, but nothing crazy. Connor's got that crazy exceptional power and timing. He gets in a lot of people's heads. Is he in Khabib's head? I see Khabib get a little ruffled. I'll know more at the press conference tomorrow. I'm leaning both ways. Listen, I think I just, I'm a Conor McGregor guy through and through. I have several shirts. Been there since day one. He skyrocketed. Could have never predicted his ginormous success. Everyone wants Conor McGregor to win, including the UFC, including the fans. Khabib is so good, though. This is, this could be Conor's kryptonite. 
The only the only reason I'm I'm talking about this at length is because and not marking a W next to Connor's name is because he's got a hundred million dollars in the bank or more. You know, with his endorsements, with his liquor, he's got a lot of irons on the fire. Khabib's been active. Khabib wants his. Khabib's hungry. I don't know how hungry Connor is. The one thing that contradicts what I just said is Connor doesn't have to fight. There's no contract obligation. He could sit with $100 million for the rest of his life. He wants to fight. There's some bad blood with the Dolly. There's some bad blood all over the place. It's a, it's a tough fight to pick. Now, I, I like I've said, I have my money on Connor. But when it comes to the official predictions going towards my record, it's a little different. But I do think Connor will catch him. I think Connor will hit him early and hit him often. And I think if Khabib can recover, which we haven't seen yet, if Khabib could recover, then that's a different story. I, however, think Connor is such a devastating finisher that I see him finishing this fight with a knockout. Another knockout, light the world on fire. Con, uh, fire. Connor McGregor getting it done. That's it. That's the pick on podcast. Keep it a short and sweet. Not a lot to pick from. The O'Malley fight canceled out. I did not know he got busted. I got to keep my ear to the ground a little more. Had a lot going on the past few days. Cut me some slack. Eh, cut me some slack. All right. So enjoy the fights. They're going to be incredible. I will be back next week. Hopefully, if this sounds like shit and you're like, this isn't the quality I'm used to, hopefully next week I'll be back and I will uh, I'll rectify some of my production mistakes. Enjoy the fights.